would say swimsuits that fit just like your favorite no-show underwear we would say that um but we would also be like it's super smooth swim it's second skin swim all things that kind of would beat around the bush to that and ultimately though the thing that the thing that people clung to every time was swimsuits that fit like underwear G'day, I'm Lockie, and welcome to D2C Slingshot, a podcast where we interview brand founders and industry experts to help you out on your own journey, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the D2C Slingshot podcast. Today, I'm joined with Haley. Uh, she owns a company called One With Swim. Just want to quickly give yourself an introduction and how you've grown this business so far. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Haley Seeger. I'm the founder of One With Swim. We make patent pending swimsuits that fit like underwear. So we launched back in November 2021 after two and a half years of R&D. So we're still pretty new. We're fully bootstrapped. I'm a female founder, solo female founder, I should say. Um, So it's been definitely a really like scrappy uh, road that's taken a lot of tenacity and very equally scrappy moves um to get where we are but uh yeah it's been an awesome ride so far and i'm excited to talk about it today yeah cool so you've been in a business for a few years now and what made you start this business so it was april of 2019 and i was trying on a bunch of different swimsuits for an upcoming trip and i always loved clothes i've loved clothes since i I could love clothes. It's always been a big part of my identity, Um, but I've always hated swimwear. And this particular bout of trying on swimsuits proved to be exceedingly excruciating for me. And I just, out of frustration, I said out loud with like a dozen bad swimsuits on the floor. I was like, I just want a swimsuit that fits like my favorite no-show underwear does. Underwear, and it's a common sentiment amongst women. I was not, you know, uh, this wasn't rocket science here, like this kind of like epiphany. Um, under A lot of people feel better in their underwear than they do swim. And so that was my light bulb moment. I went on to develop swimsuits that fit like underwear. And that's how the company started. Yeah, it's definitely a problem in the market. And my girlfriend's probably going to hear this because she's outside the door <laughs> doing her makeup, getting ready for work. But when we just went to Vanuatu, which is a really tropical place, and she had like 20 bikinis just laid out on the bed. And she's like, I don't even like any of these. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you've definitely hit a problem in the market for sure. For sure. Yeah, no, and- that was kind of my, my sentiment too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And how's that growth been over the last couple of years? Has it been a bit up and down or have you just um, scaled up nice and smoothly? Yeah, it's it's been really interesting. And I'm not saying that as like a guising word. I'm saying that as it's actually been super interesting. So we launched November 2021. So we're just shy of our two years at market. Um, and basically three months after we, we launch, we go viral for the first time. So we went crazy viral on TikTok. We ended up like ultimately after going viral and just kind of traction after that, we ended up selling out most of our like best-selling suits before the start of summer. This was last year. So obviously summer 2022. Um, And, you know, we were in such a tight situation with needing more inventory uh, to sell, obviously, but not necessarily having the liquid funds to pay for that inventory, but having so much demand pent up from being sold out and yeah. going all of last summer with without Woodmont, which is our bestseller. And like to go a summer without Woodmont now is like inconceivable because it's just our far and away well, one of our bestsellers. So 
to to do that proved to be really interesting. And basically it took the entire rest of the year to get funding for this PO that we needed to to fuel the or yeah, to fuel the orders um, from this pent up demand. And so we didn't end up really restocking until early this year. So um, and then we went immediately viral again, right after restocking and sold out again. So we've had this. That's what I mean. It's like a genuinely really uh, wild and bizarre trajectory in terms of, again, meeting customer demand and just how we generally like arrived at market. So that's a little bit about our backstory. And then all this year I've been spent has been spent with me just, you know, working on inventory. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how that that's kind of how we got to where we are today. Yeah. And that's the boring side of things, right? Do you like the marketing side of things or the inventory and the logistics side of things? You know, I am an operator at heart. I kind of love all of it. Um, yeah. There are certain things I don't love as much, but I love being in the weeds in a lot of ways. So I can't say that I altogether dislike it. I think the thing that I find the most frustrating is managing consumer reaction to being sold out or demand. I find that really frustrating because we do our best to express that we are, that we are doing our best. Sorry, I'm like shaking the camera because I'm so animated right now. Yeah. Uh, we do our best to explain that we are doing our best in terms of getting more inventory in, but some people don't understand how much going viral impacts a business and the families around those business businesses. Um, and and that is something that I find a little frustrating, but obviously like a good problem to have and one that I'm really grateful to have. But that to me was the biggest thing about it. I, I knew what to do um, in terms of getting inventory in. It was managing consumer messaging. Yeah, for sure. And going viral is pretty much any business dream when you're first starting out. So do you just want to quickly touch on like the positive impacts of going viral, but also the negative points? Because I know you mentioned that you actually turned off comments on TikTok. Yeah. So I I love talking about one thing I'm I'm passionate about in in what I do is is humanizing small businesses in the sense of they are not just these vessels that exist to serve a need. There are people behind these businesses. And, you know, I'll talk about, actually, I'll talk about the negative stuff first and then end on a high note with the positive <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, the, the TikTok comments coming in droves and some of them just being like really not cool. Um, in terms of you know people just talking badly about what at the time was was my new baby like the first time we went viral because our comments had been off on TikTok you know from the first time we went viral um, after that I should say this was my newborn baby one with had been in the world for three months I had no uh, I don't want to say coping mechanism that's not that's not the right word but it was like whoa. No, you know what I'm saying? When people were leaving nasty comments and then there, so there was that element of shutting the comments off. And there's also the element of people asking so many questions and so many questions that were repetitive that we just couldn't get to. And then because we were literally trying to fill the orders and it's the same people who are trying to fill the orders that are answering comments and, um, you know, people getting mad because like we had answered a comment about a certain thing, you know, 
further down, but they clearly like they wanted us to answer their comment and like that's valid. But again, so it's just like it was just too much. And then I was like, I'll turn the comments back on like after, you know, we finish filling these orders and we can go back to it. And then I realized I didn't love how as an operator, it made me feel to have the comments on, Um, you know, TikTok comments foster like a certain breed of of negativity and seeing brands as a vessel. And I didn't love that. Um, And I didn't love how it made me feel and like just how it sat with me. And so um, I would say to the team like, okay, we'll flip them back on like after again, we're filling these orders or after we get inventory back in. And then honestly, it just became, they're not going back on. Um, So it was a mental health decision. So there's that, There's there's the sheer volume of customer service, especially when you're so small. Now, so that's the negative stuff, right? Um, And you can kind of feel the like scrambling energy amidst that. And then the positive stuff is just total and utter validation for this thing that you've created and this thing that you're putting into the world. And like, wow, people really want this and people are really loving this and people are appreciating this and people are saying, you know, really nice things about this and are excited to get my product. And how cool is that? Especially having worked on one with in stealth mode for basically two and a half years. And then again, for us to go viral three months after we launched, that was like, so it just touched my heart in such a way that was like, oh my God, people, people want this. People want this thing that I spent so much time on. And so, you know, the validation and, 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 again, with our product, it's making women feel better in swimwear and seeing that happen on a mass scale all at once was incredible. Like so, so, so incredible. Nothing beats that feeling. So again, pros and cons to everything, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. And you just mentioned the audience on TikTok. Are they a little bit more savage than say Instagram? Because I believe you still have your Instagram comments on. Is that right? Oh yeah. No, we've never turned our Instagram comments off. We've always found, but it's so funny because if you ask different founders and different like content creators, I hear a lot of people saying Instagram is way more savage and they can't like scroll through your reels right now. You'll see at least the reels that I watch, like one out of every five has no comments on because people shut them off, Um, which is funny. So, um, you know, knock wood, the ecosystem can change, but we've always found Instagram to be a more constructive place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I find the same. I feel like TikTok's just like full of memers and they would just roast to business for legit no reason. They're just sitting there wasting their days. So yeah, I, I find TikTok a bit worse than Instagram for sure. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think I think it's more creator friendly and less brand friendly is kind of the way that I would um, verbalize it. Yeah, for sure. And just on going viral, have you uh, seen like one USP or like a unique hook that keeps going viral and it's able to be replicated or is it being completely random? No, both times that we've gone, or sorry, we've gone viral a few times now. Um, and each time it's been something decently specific. Uh, yeah. Every t- I think every time we've gone viral, it's been a stitch. So like stitching another creator's video. And A, uh, where someone was saying like, oh, I wish I wish swimsuits fit like underwear. Actually, I'm lying. That's not true. I think two of the three times. But anyways, the one common thread of all of these 
videos is that there's no, my face is not in them. There's no human really like wearing them to start. We start in all of our viral videos with our product, which is a bikini bottom in this case, on my kitchen countertop, like just flat. That's it. And that's how every single viral video we've ever had started. And there's just something about it. And I think what's nice too, especially for us as like an Intimates brand is it not being on a model to start allows the the viewer to put themselves in that garment, you know? So there's something really neutral about it. Yeah, for sure. And I see all the way through your TikTok, you're using all these different models as well and different like uh, body types and stuff like that. How has that impacted your business allowing to be size inclusive, uh, catering to smaller bodies, bigger bodies? Yeah, how has that impacted your business? Because I would think that it's had a pretty positive impact, but then also maybe some hate comments as well on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, on TikTok, yeah. Um, no, it's been awesome. I knew there was no other way to launch this brand than to do it in a size inclusive way. That was incredibly important to me and it's incredibly important to the ethos of the brand. You know, it's a swimsuit that's one with your body. And to me, that means it being one with a multitude of bodies. And as someone that has been up and down in weight my entire life and in some cases you know some points i should say of my life in pretty big ways dramatic ways um carrying a multitude of sizes was the only way to launch this brand um so yeah that's been it wasn't like we launched with size extra small through extra large and like you know only caved to, to adding additional sizes based on demand like it was from the jump that was something that was important to me was for people to see themselves in one with. So, and we're still expanding our size range. We're launching size two extra small, so double extra small um, pretty soon here, which is exciting. Yeah, awesome. And what about your marketing strategy? Have you solely just focused on TikTok and the demand of going viral has just allowed you to grow the business without paid advertising or are you starting to dive into that as well? Yeah, so it was definitely a really good springboard, a slingshot, if you will, uh, into our social strategy. Um, we definitely started for the first six months, we did absolutely of, of one with being at market, we did zero paid acquisition. We started with TikTok ads running Spark ads basically on our viral videos. And then from there, we then moved to Google ads and TikTok ads. And now it's Google, TikTok, and Facebook, like meta ads. So we have kind of snowballed into uh, being multi-platform in terms of like our media buying. But it's definitely been done in a really strategic way when our budget has been able to support moving into these different platforms. Yeah. And with like, are you using different strategies across those platforms? Like, or are you posting the same videos to TikTok and then using them for Facebook ads? Because I know that works extremely well. It does work really well. It does work really well. If anyone you can't is... go back the other way, you can't use Facebook creators for TikTok. And that's what everyone says. Yeah. And that, that makes total sense. Um, it does. So yeah, no, we definitely have seen that work really well don't reinvent the wheel just take 
take what works. And granted, there's certain creatives that we have running on Facebook that are obviously super specific to meta and just things that will be served better on Instagram stories and the like. But other than that, the viral videos just do really well. And even, even like videos that were good performers on TikTok, they didn't necessarily blow up are still, are still good on, on meta for sure. Yeah. And do you have any like unique selling points that is consistently performing well in your marketing? Like, is it size inclusive or is it the headless or is it like the dig free or elastic free? Like what is it that makes your advertising so effective at the moment? If you want to give away some trade secrets. Yeah. It's, it's swimsuits that fit like underwear. That's the thing. That's our, that's our cinch. That's what people love about us and what people seek us out for. Um, so even if it's not, it's it's always in correlation with that. Yeah. And how did that idea come to you? Was that just something out of frustration within you? Or did you have some feedback from like outside? Like, did you come up with that line by yourself? Or was that just what you saw coming back from the customers? Yeah. So, you know, I explained that Genesis story at the top of the pod where I was like, you know, I just want a swimsuit that fits like my favorite no-show underwear does. And it honestly took me a while being at market. We we would say swimsuits that fit just like your favorite no-show underwear. We would say that. Um, but we would also be like, it's super smooth swim. It's second skin swim. All things that kind of would beat around the bush to that. And and yeah. um, ultimately, though, the thing that the thing that people clung to every time was swimsuits that fit like underwear. So that was the, like, in when in doubt, go back to basics. Like, don't try to reinvent the wheel of, that's kind of like a resounding thing, thing, I guess, of just the reason why you created that product, the need you were looking to solve for yourself is what other people are going to want too, right? It's only human. So of all my, you know, I remember having conversations with people and I'm like, how would you describe one with other than it being swimsuits that fit like underwear? And it's like, why was I trying to do that? It's like, that's what it is, you know? So, uh, yeah, but really good question. I haven't like dissected that in a bit. So thanks for making me think about it. Yeah. It was interesting that you actually tested different pieces of copy and tried to put it into different words and spin that. Uh, but that was that original idea that ended up being the best performing one. So that, yeah, that's super interesting. Now I don't swim for bikinis ever. Uh, but with your, it, it looks like a pretty unique product and nobody else is doing this and your patent pending at the moment would have been some of the struggles around getting a patent. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's so funny cause to be, you know, to get your patent, to get patents is, is a years long process. Um, it was one that I was really apprehensive to start because I knew that that's what it was like. It was it was a long, expensive process. And uh, my father, who is an attorney, um, you know, kind of came to me one day and he's like, you really need to, to do the patent thing. And he is not a business attorney. This is not his shtick. He, he didn't know much about IP law, but he was like, you, you got to do this. Like, you, you got to just do it. So I was like, okay. And I started kind of poking around. And it turns out my alma mater, where I went to school, um, has like what's called an IP law clinic. So basically, if you get accepted into the clinic, they'll do your IP 
uh, filings for you for free. So um, I got accepted and uh, that's how I started the patent process. So that was, this has been a two and a half year process now. So it's, and, and it's, it's not still pending. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, you can be pending for like, there's going to be some patent nerd that'd be like, no, no, no. Um, but like you could really be patent pending for like five years. Also, I've become somewhat of a patent nerd myself in doing all of this. So, um, but yeah, you can be patent pending for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. Now during that period, have people tried to replicate your product and what have been some of the issues around that? Mm -hmm. I've seen questionable things um, that I have made <laughs> our attorneys aware of. <laughs> um, so yeah, we definitely are always being really mindful um, of anything that would infringe on our IP, of course. But yeah, we've definitely, you know, links have been sent, screenshots have been sent to the appropriate parties. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And it's a massive problem, especially with the factories in China. They will pretty much just see what's working and then just go and replicate it, start this dodgy looking website and just start like maybe 50% of the cost or whatever and just start selling it. I had one client that is doing extremely well with a unique product as well. And they were just getting replicas left, right and center. It was ridiculous. Like they almost yeah. had to hire somebody full time just to handle that situation. And it's just crazy. I've heard of that and I've, and this, and something that I've heard of recently um, is like, yeah. And I think you're kind of describing this, but like the clone websites, like you're saying like the kind of dodgy looking websites um, yeah. or something. So yeah, there's just, I try to stay ahead of it. Um, something that I, anybody listening to this podcast might know this already, but I don't know, Lachlan, like if you look at, uh, Shopify analytics and who's sending traffic to your site. Like I can see if it's a, if it's a Slack channel of a competitor and they are dropping our links in their Slack channel, like I can see, it'll say the name of the brand dot slack.com. <laughs> and like, it's, it's wild. So doing what you can and keeping eyes and keeping tabs like that, um, is always, is always smart. But then when those like websites pop up, you're like, what am I supposed to do? about this it's a totally yeah. different thing yeah, yeah it's, it would be extremely frustrating and i couldn't imagine it but yeah it'd be so annoying yeah. now just um this is a terrible segue but just the difference between uh going viral on tiktok and i know you did a tv interview what was the difference in impact on your business between doing those two mediums yeah i mean there's nothing like going viral in terms of impact on a on a business truly um, I have all the videos on my phone of just seeing that huge spike in traffic um, and your blood starts pumping and your heart is racing and, um, you know, your phone is going crazy. And, you know, that doesn't happen so much with like traditional media nowadays. That is really only something that going viral and going viral in a big way can do. You know, the, the last time we went viral, we got 6 million views. Like I've seen people get, you know, like 90 million views. Like there's, but yeah. 6 million, that was a lot for us. And, um, and, and yeah, there just, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing 
like it. But I think if people are listening to this and they're kind of like, should I be more in the pursuit of landing media versus landing, you know, a really solid performing organic creative, I'd go with the latter, like every single time. Yeah, I think my videos start blowing up and they've only got like 1500 views. <laughs> so I, can't, I couldn't imagine what 6 million does to a business. Like it'd absolutely be mind blowing. And if you haven't experienced before, like, yeah, you would probably yeah, shit yourself pretty much. It's, You'd just be it's like, crazy. what the hell do I do with all this traffic? It's crazy. And yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's it's a lot to take in, especially as someone who's an introvert and has gotten more and more introverted as I've gotten older. I'm like, oh my god, this is like way too much, too much. And then I'm like, wait, this is so cool. So I'm, it's like the two sides of my personality battling it out. When every time we go viral, like, yeah, how am I feeling? <laughs> Now, obviously, you spoke about the spike in your website, and it was just insane. But what about the quality of that traffic? Like, what was your conversion rate during that period? Because everybody says, like, the quality from TikTok isn't as good as, say, Facebook or Instagram. That's true. That's very, very, very true. You're going to see lower conversion, lower AOV, higher number of customer tickets with TikTok traffic. You just are. Um, that rings true every time. I mean... And it even rings true. Like one thing that was really interesting is like the average TikTok customer spends about 37 seconds on our site. The average meta customer spends like a minute and 30, like significantly more. It's a far more informed purchase. And with that, we see higher AOV naturally and, and lower return. So it's again, higher volume for, for TikTok. Um, but with that also, again, higher returns, um, when I say returns, I mean, uh, returning product, reverse logistics, as they say, um, and (laughs) just such a funny term, but, um, and again, like a lower AOV, but more of it. So it's kind of like pick whatever suits you and your business more, I would say in terms of where you're going. And I definitely know that in my I've noticed that in my buying habits as well. Like I will click on TikTok ads and I, I've never brought anything from TikTok, but maybe because I'm a Facebook marketer, I don't know, maybe I see a good ad on Facebook or Instagram. I'll be like, yeah. oh, that looks really good. And then I'll go and actually buy from Facebook and Instagram ads, but I've never actually brought anything from TikTok. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely one of those people that will go visit the websites on TikTok, look at like the price or the image or whatever and click straight off. And yes. I don't know whether it's just TikTok has like just ruined attention spans or it does something to your brain. It must because yeah, oh, spending 30 seconds versus a minute <laughs> and 30 seconds, it's just ridiculous. It's a lot. And, you know, as I don't, I'm not on TikTok anymore, but at one point I was both an Instagram and TikTok user avidly. Um, and it is just such a different and, but it's like the same thing for me though. I would go in people's links and bio and TikTok and I would like bounce. And then on Instagram, if I saw an ad, it's like, I'm really sitting there and I'm really thinking about it. Like there oh, is yeah. just, just both platforms foster such a different sense of consumer. And that is really interesting to me. And again, it's, it really just depends on what you're going for. If you're a lower AOV product, I would say TikTok all the way. 
Yeah, for sure. And we don't have much time left today, unfortunately. I feel like we could do a part two and three. I've got so many questions to ask you, but do you want to leave the listeners with any hot takes or last thoughts? Uh, I think the it's mostly people, it's mostly like other D2C marketers and founders, right? Listening. Yeah. I would say um, one thing that going viral several times over and having like droves of people that are new to your brand and and new eyeballs on the brand and growing really quickly has taught me is like, you know, again, humanizing the brand, setting, setting boundaries about like what is and isn't okay, you know, to, to say or do in comments. And like, it is your business. You can do that. Um, you know, that is something that I would really stress is, is like, I didn't want, the person moderating my TikTok comments to be getting beat up in like replies and things like that. So yeah. um, again, setting boundaries, like don't be afraid to do it. So that's my just kind of like very human D2C founder advice, such marketer advice I would, I would give, I guess. And then in terms of just like tactile, um, PostScript is the best SMS marketing platform. <laughs> that's <my> yeah, <laughs> And just a question that popped into my head, a real quick one. How are you currently using your pin post on TikTok and Instagram? Is that more product focus or is it more, hey guys, this is like our brand here, are the, like our set of rules, like this is a bit more about us? It's a great question. So for TikTok, we actually, I so I, one of the fine lines in the sand that I drew a few months back was we were going to stop creating TikTok content. So we haven't created TikTok content in... Um, I believe almost five months now um, at all. We still run ads, but um, the things that are pinned on our um, TikTok are kind of answering our most frequently asked questions. So uh, why our comments are turned off. I think that's my favorite video I've ever made for one with is explaining why. Um, A. And then the others are about, I think, just other like generally... FAQ questions of like, is this uncomfy? I haven't been on the TikTok in a minute. So I think that that's what it is right now. And then um, for Instagram, it's actually way more of, there's one that's like, welcome to one with, here's what we do, here's why we do it. And then there's like, once you get your swim, here's what you do, that sort of a thing, like way more fostering that like purchased customer, if that makes sense. Because again, it kind of speaks to, inst- or face, or, excuse me, uh, TikTok being more of that like, whim consumer like just on a whim consumer and then instagram being more of that considered purchase and that kind of speaks a lot to what we have pinned i think yeah for sure yeah and i definitely agree with that as well now do you just want to quickly give yourself a plug make sure people can find the handles out there to go check out your incredible business yeah absolutely so online we are one with swim.com for our d2c site and then on all platforms we are at one with swim like one with your body so thanks for letting me do a plug i appreciate it (laughs) no worries now thanks for coming on i had so much fun and yeah i hope you enjoyed it as well thank you no i did lachlan thank you so much well there you have it unfortunately this is the end of the episode but if you're looking for more be sure to find more episodes on the platform you're viewing on or head over to instagram to find tons of valuable clips